All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the lotus feet of Shishi Gurangaranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bring Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 7 Chapter 13 Entitled The Behavior of a Perfect Person, text number 40. Quachi chaye daro paste, Trinapanashma basmasu, Quachi prasara paryanke. Kashi Pava Pare Chaya Quachit Chaye Taro Paste Trinapanashma Pasmasu Quachit Prasada Paryanke Kashi Pava Pare Chaya Vachit chaye daro paste Trina pranasma basmasu Vachit prasada paryanke Kashipova parechaya Quachit prasada paryanke Sara Parianke Gashipova Parechaya Matadis Vachitaye Parova Stay Deparasma Pasmasu 
Achit Prasada Pariyanke Kashipova Parichaya Prasada Pariyanke Kashipova Parichaya I'll repeat the word for translation. Kwachit, sometimes. Shaye, I lie down. Dara upaste, on the surface of the earth. Trina, on grass. Barna, leaves. Asma, stone. Basmasu, or a pile of ashes. Kwachit, sometimes. Prasada, in palaces. Parianke, on a first-class bedstead. Kashipo, on a pillow. Va, either. Para, of another. Ichaya, by the wish. Translation. Improper by His Divine Grace, Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Sometimes I lie on the surface of the earth, sometimes on leaves, grass or stone, sometimes on a pile of ashes or sometimes by the will of others in a palace on a first-class bed with pillows. Purport. The learned Brahmana's description indicates different types of births, for one lies down according to one's body. Sometimes one takes birth as an animal and sometimes as a king. When he takes birth as an animal, he must lie down on the ground, and when he takes birth as a king or a very rich man, he is allowed to lie in first-class rooms in huge palaces decorated with beds and other furniture. Such facilities are not available, however, at the sweet will of the living entity. Rather, they are available by the supreme will, Parichaya, or by the arrangement of Maya. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 1861, The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. The living entity, according to his material desires, receives different types of bodies which are nothing but machines, offered by material nature according to the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By the will of the Supreme, one must take different bodies with different means for lying down. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuminitam Yena Tesmai Shri Guruve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhistam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swam Rupakadamayam Dadatusaparantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langaite Grimyat Kripatamaham Vande Shri Gurundinatarinam Vanchakal Patrivishya Kripasim Nubiyayavacha Patitanam Pavanivyo Vaishnavibyo Namonamaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva's Adikaura Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Sometimes I lie on the surface of the earth, sometimes on leaves, grass or stone, sometimes on a pile of ashes, or sometimes by the will of others, in a palace on a first-class bed with pillows. Hmm. So in the purport, Hare Krishna, everyone. In the purport, Srila Prabhupada um, focuses on the description of the different types of births um, we get in this material body. So not only in the human form, but in the animal kingdom, plant kingdom as well. And I don't know about all of you, but I never used to have the concept of um, taking different bodies in different species. I always used to think there are human souls 
animal souls, plant souls, insects, I thought it was all separate. But having studied the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, we understand that the soul is the soul. There's no such thing as a human soul, an animal soul, plant, you name it, we are all. The soul is the soul and there are different types of bodies that we will take according to our desires. Now, if we look at what the material body is, um, our material body is pretty much a reflection of our past life, what we wanted. I was speaking with a friend about this the other day, actually. Um, that we receive a material body by the grace of material nature under the supreme guidance of the Supreme Lord based on our material desires. So in that sense, we cannot really blame anyone. And sometimes it's easy to blame. These days, is either we're going to blame the government or we blame our parents for something. Oh, why did I have this type of hair? Or my nose is not straight. I'm not tall enough, you know, I'm not short enough, I want straight hair, curly hair. We always want someone to blame for the lacking of the material body. But actually, we peel back the layers, the bodies that we have now is a result of our own doing. We wanted this, Sivia. You wanted that body, I wanted this body. It is a result of our past um, reactions, right? The material body is the accumulated results of our previous material activities. Now there's nothing we can do about that. We're here, we have these bodies, we can just look forward and move forward and try to get to a place uh, where we do not have another material body. So how many um, different types of bodies can we get? How many species of life are out there? 8.4 million different species that we can be channeled into based on our consciousness and our desires fuel our consciousness. So our body is a result of the type of consciousness that we cultivate, not just today, tomorrow, but countless births that we have had. So we cannot blame anyone for the types of material bodies that we have. Um, this has been a result of our own doing. But amidst all of that, there's a verse that Prabhupada um, focuses on and quotes 1861 from the Bhagavad Gita, right? that the Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart and he's directing um, the wanderings. He comes with us lifetime after lifetime in the form of the super soul. And the analogy that Prabhupada uses is the famous one, who remembers? Which analogy Srila Prabhupada uses to illustrate that the, the Supreme Lord comes with us as the super soul? Two birds. So two birds on a tree. One is enjoying the fruits of the tree and the other one is observing and just waiting in a sense. So the most amazing thing about the Supreme Lord, that even though we misuse our independence and our free will to try and enjoy separately or to try to be the masters, we have to come to a place that is riddled with forgetfulness and that is riddled with false ego and ignorance, hence the material world, because in the spiritual domain we cannot be the masters or the enjoyers, that position is taken. That is Krishna, he's the supreme enjoyer. So we come to the material world, but even though we come here, the Supreme Lord comes as a super soul, and as this verse illustrates, he is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. Now these City of Nine Gates, this body is made up of the five of the material elements, gross and subtle. And it is a machine that we use to make progress 
It is a machine that we use to serve the Lord in the uh, process of Krishna consciousness. So whilst we're traversing through the material universes, the Lord comes with us in that form of the super soul. In the analogy Prabhupada uses, um, the two birds sitting on the tree, and as a super soul, he sits in the heart directing the living beings. So as we change body after body after body, the Lord comes with us. Knowing that we are that marginal energy, we are that tatasta shakti, that we have that independence, we can either choose to enjoy the material energy or to serve the spiritual energy, the source of both energies, and actually be blissfully existing with the Lord in our original position as his servants. So as soon as we are placed in a material body, we come under the spell of that body, so to speak. Maybe you've read some books when you were young or you've watched some, some shows. When someone gets put under a spell, they act very differently. They're not themselves. When you're under a spell or you're bewitched or or you're hypnotized sometimes, you do not behave like yourself. So when we're in this material body, this is not really who we are. We seemingly are under the impression of the body. So we seemingly take birth, we seemingly die, but we know that birth and death is only for that which is asat, that which is temporary. Right? The material elements, this material body is temporary. But the soul or the driver or what fuels this body, um, it is eternal. We are sat by nature. So when I was growing up, um, going to Sunday school, um, we used to learn you know, how they, God created in seven days, in six days, the seventh day he rested, and how he created man in his own image. And I always used to think, oh, I look like God, or God looks like me, okay. God looks like that person, this person, so what color is he? Like, what's the deal? God created man in his image, what did that exactly mean? I never really understood that term. It was kind of like a blanket statement. Okay, he created us in his image. But when you go deeper, if you analyze, the Lord is Satchirananda. Is Faraha Parama Krishna Satchirananda Vigraha. Right? He's never in forgetfulness. His form is, is of eternality, knowledge, and bliss at all times. And he has created us in his image. And when I started reading the Bhagavad Gita, I started to think, oh, okay, so we are part and parcel of that God. So we also must be Satchirananda. We also must have a similar vibe, form, energy as the Lord. And as we keep on studying the Bhagavad Gita, we understand, yes, that we are also minute, fragmental parts and parcels of the Lord. And the part is meant to serve the whole, just like the hand serves the body by putting food in the mouth, and automatically the entire body benefits from that process. So the apron form and different species of life that we have, the Supreme Lord follows us in the form of the super soul. And by his order, the material nature fashions a body that we desire. So we wanted a human body that looks a certain way, or we want to be able to fly, or to just swim all day, or there is a particular type of body for different types of desires. So um, the material nature is providing these desires, and based on our desires, we get the body. So in this way, we can see that we're actually not independent, but we're dependent on the Lord, even for our material existence. It is his energy. It is the combination of his energies that we're able to have a body, even to come and enjoy in the material world. We're not independent. We're dependent on the Lord. So learning to understand who is the cause the controller of both matter and spirit is the key to getting out of that repeated cycle of birth and death. So when we understand that, yes, I have taken on this material body, and with the material body, 
comes different challenges. Right, there are the six bodily changes, the sattvikars. We're all born, we stay for some time, we grow, we expand, or we produce some byproducts. Then slowly, time acts on us, old age creeps in, we dwindle, vanish. And that only happens to the temporary aspect which is the material body, the asat. That is what um, is changing. Because in the second chapter, Krishna makes it really clear when he establishes the basic principle um, that we're not the body, we're a spirit soul. The Lord is explaining to Arjuna when Arjuna is saying, I just cannot kill my grandfather, I cannot go and kill my cousins and my relatives. And Krishna gives him the philosophy that you're actually not killing them because for the soul there's neither birth nor death. It cannot cut. It cannot be cut into pieces. It cannot be, you know, damaged by any material weapon. It is of a different energy. The soul is always eternal, existent. It is primeval. That which actually goes through destruction or beginning, middle and end is the material body, not the soul. So therefore, Arjuna, under my guidance and instruction, fight. So backed by knowledge, Arjuna was able to make that decision and understand that it is only the material body that goes through these changes. So whether it is in a human form or a turtle, an alligator, a seahorse, a fly, a leopard. We all go through these changes. It is not only for the human being that you know we're, we're born, we, we grow, we stay for some time. In the animal kingdom, this is happening. So these bodily changes are there for every type of material body. So the material body is asat, it is temporary, and our spiritual body, the spirit soul, it is sat, we do not go through these changes. These changes happen to that which is material. So under the impression of the body that we have, it seems that the body goes through different changes, but it actually does not. Our material body is perishable by nature, that's just the nature of that which is material. So the, a few verses in the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita really try to help us understand that aspect of the perishable body. And then the second part helps us understand what the spirit soul is by nature. So in the 22nd chapter, Sorry, not 22nd chapter, chapter 2. As a person puts on new garments, giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies, giving up old and useless ones. So we, the soul is traveling through different bodies, driven by the material desires, of course. And it is only the bodies that the soul um, is encountering and that seemingly take on new births. So the jiva or the soul struggles very hard in these bodies in its forgetfulness. In forgetfulness that I am spirit soul, it identifies with the body. And there are many ways that we identify with the body. We won't go into depth with that. They're very obvious whether it is um, our land of birth, or our gender, or our occupation, we take that as the real Atma. We identify with being a man, I'm a woman, I'm African, I'm English, I'm a cricket player, I'm a Hollywood star, I'm a lawyer, whatever it is, we hold that so and dear to be the central part of our existence as spirit soul. But that is actually temporary, because tomorrow you can be anything you want. Tonight I can be anything I want. I can identify as a sunflower. And I can identify 
as anything really, and you will have to accept that. <laughs> right, so our desires are fueling us our contaminated understanding of what we think we are in conjunction with the modes of material nature and how we associate with those modes, we conjure up so many identities that lead us astray from who we really are. So those two birds sitting on the stone, because we are, Krishna has given us independence. In any loving relationship, there is independence, right? So we choose Krishna or we look away from Krishna. So those two birds sitting on the tree, one is enjoying the fruits, one is just willingly enjoying and the Supreme Lord is sitting there waiting, us, waiting for us to actually take notice and turn to Him for guidance. He does not intervene because that will be coming in between our independence and our free will. So that is the unfortunate state that sometimes after millions of births we eventually look towards Krishna and then the Lord reciprocates and helps us remember him. Now one may say, oh, that is a cruel God. How does God let us go through everything and suffer and be in forgetfulness of us? Well, if he forced us to do it, like if our parents force us to go to bed, oh, how dare they? You don't respect me if our parents come in our room, do this, do that. We've all been young, we know what we do, we know what we say to our parents. Oh, you're infringing on my independence and on my authority and I'm a young adult, I make my decisions. You cannot use force in loving relationships. So the Lord is supremely independent and we also have that independence and free will. So at that point, at the stage where we're able to be exhausted from the material energy and disgusted it with the material energy, we turn towards the Lord and the Lord helps us remember Him. He gives us more and more impetus to remember Him, to remember that we are not the body, we're spiritual beings, we're part and parcel of Him. So just as we are giving up old garments, we talk in new garments, the more we are in forgetfulness of Krishna, we continue taking on new bodies, new garments. Today it's a green cardigan, tomorrow it's going to be black and then blue. We're taking on different types of bodies, but the more we do this, the more we forget our relationship with Krishna, the more we are stuck on the bodily platform. But that is not who we are. I am not this jumper. And although it sounds very basic, it sounds very entry level, Right? Philosophy is like, oh, I want, I'm an intermediate spiritual seeker. Oh, I'm an advanced spiritual seeker. But still, this point of just realizing that we're not the body, it's not a mere fact of like, yeah, I'm not the body, just verbally saying it. Or what's the word people use nowadays? Uh, manifesting it. You cannot manifest a realization that you're not the body in like a day or two. It is a lived experience. It is backed by action, by activity. So realizing that we're not the body, we have to be on a higher platform and understanding the spiritual reality and also understand the material reality. So the more we cultivate our understanding of what is matter, what is spirit, um, who's the controller of these two energies, because we have both, we have a material body right now, but we are spirit, we're spiritual beings, and this body is being fueled or it is being kept alive by the soul, that which is eternal. The sat maintains that which is asat. We're maintaining these, we're maintaining matter, life can, sustain it and as soon as life is not there there's kaput right Elvis has left the building so understanding the controller of both material and spiritual energy is pivotal in actually transcending the three modes of material nature
One may say, well, why do I need to understand material energy? Well, so we don't get trapped in it. So we know the ways how to anticipate what the mode of ignorance or passion may do to us, so we can able to notice it before it even comes to you in a gross and subtle way. So we don't have to necessarily go through an experience, we can hear about it, we can see the characteristics of the mode of ignorance and stay the heck away from it without having to go through that experience. So we can hear attentively and act accordingly. So when we hear attentively what the mode of ignorance is, how it is not really conducive to spiritual advancement, then we avoid it. We avoid those lethargic situations. We avoid um, ignorant type of foods, music, conversations. We avoid them because we know the impact they will have on our consciousness. And once our consciousness becomes contaminated or clouded, that then goes all over the city of nine gates then our senses also become contaminated, gross and subtle. Then we don't even function on the level of intelligence, we're just still dealing with the yo-yo mind and the monkey mind, trying to figure out what, what, who am I, I'm this, I'm that. And it is a web, we get spun into a web. So hearing from the Python man about the different types of bodies, so what you're sleeping in a fancy, as it's mentioned in the purport, one day you're lying on the ground, or on leaves, or on a very comfortable bed somewhere. We're still in the material energy. So the goal is not to um, lie in gold-plated anything. The goal should be able to get out of material existence altogether. And we do that by understanding that we're not that which is temporary. We are not these material bodies. So the Vedic conclusion is that the material body by nature is perishable and in due course of time it will be destroyed in due course of time, like there's no ifs or buts, the material body is perishable. That's its nature. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Now we can prolong the perishability of material bodies. Instead of living for 50, we can go to 150, but at the end of the day, it is still going to perish because that is its nature. Antavantra ime deha. This body will perish. Without a doubt. 100% delivery. It's going to happen. <laughs> but the soul is eternal. Nitya Shokta Saririna. So the body will perish, but we never perish. As Krishna mentions earlier on, there's never a time where you didn't exist, Arjuna, or these soldiers here. Nor will they cease to exist in the future. Because we're eternal. Right, we're created in God's image. God is eternal. Therefore, we share that same quality. We're not God, but we are of the same quality. As long as this material body exists, there are actions and reactions in the material mode. And therefore, that's why we have innumerable bodies because of all our desires. And what we have to do is to tolerate in the face of duality. Yes, I'm a spirit soul in a temporary body. How can I be sane? How can I be happy? The goal is to understand how to break that cycle of being engrossed in matter by engaging in transcendental activities, hearing, chanting, remembering the Lord, offering service to the devotees and the Lord. And in that way, we free ourselves of, of the anxiety. The biggest anxiety really is, is ignorance. 
Not knowing is a big anxiety. If you think about it, exams are coming, results are coming out, you're anxious, you don't know the results. You know what anxiety feels like, or you've applied for PR. That's an anxiety, one year, two years, three years, four years, anxious. You went for a job interview, you haven't heard back. You went for a blood test, you're not feeling well, you're anxious. You're about to get married, anxious. You're starting a new career, you're moving, you're traveling. Everything that you do, you're going to a shop. Oh, someone stole your credit card, you're anxious. Did they take my money? Oh, your identity is being sold on the dark web. Ang anxiety. This mature world is a ball of anxiety. Basically. <laughs> but the good news that when we um, learn to tolerate in the face of these dualities, the best way to tolerate these dualities is to understand the cause of these dualities and understand how we can not be so bothered by these dualities. And that's why it's important we understand how the material energy works. Duality will always be here. It's not going anywhere. 100% guarantee. But how we choose to interact, that is what we can change. So when we choose to become fully dependent on the Lord, as I mentioned, none of us are independent really. The air that we breathe, the, all the resources that we have, the body that we have, where we were housed before being birthed, we are so dependent. So when we change our dependence from matter to spirit, that anxiety will fall off. Because then you understand, ah, I'm going somewhere after this. This is not the end. That is the biggest challenge and the biggest anxiety, the sense of loss of self, when we feel like we are losing ourselves, right? You lose your hearing, you lose your eyesight, you have a sick body, or you're having that transition. Every, it seems like everything you know you're losing, that is the biggest anxiety. But while in this life, while we're still able to move and we're willing, and able to learn and retain, when we understand that we're not these bodies, that losing this body is not the end, that there are other destinations from here, there are places where we can go to, where the real self can actually go to, then that anxiety is not there. The best way to deal with the duality of being in the material world is when we choose to become fully dependent on the Lord. Then we're covered. Our consciousness is covered. We become peaceful because then we have that peace formula down packed. Oh, okay. The source of everything is Krishna, even matter and spirit, right. And the best way to deal with the anxiety of duality is to um, choose to fully surrender to the Lord because He is the provider, the maintainer. Okay, let's do it. And I'm not saying it's going to be like a magic, like a hickory dickory, poof, no more anxiety. Put it in the microwave, anxiety, go not close your eyes, open your eyes, no more duality. It doesn't work like that, but it is a lifelong effort of reestablishing our connection with the Supreme Lord, understanding what the body is, what the soul is, that we are not after a body that's going to enjoy in a palatial building with gold and rubies and diamonds and pearls. It's still in the material cocoon. You're still gonna have anxiety and suffer. What if someone breaks in at night and takes my gold? What if someone hacks into my bank account and takes my money? What if someone steals all my cryptocurrency? What if I lose the Australian Open? What will become of me? Anxiety will always be there, even at the highest plight of mutual enjoyment. That's not the goal, really. The goal is to understand what is the cause of our anxiety. The cause of our anxiety is identifying with that which is temporary, that which is asat, my material body. 
but I am not the material body. So verse after verse, right at the beginning of the Gita, when Arjuna is just lamenting about, okay, I'm going to kill my friends, my cousins, what will become of the families and traditions, and the woman will be unprotected, there's just no hope, it's just over, Krishna, I'm not doing this, there's my bow, I'm done, case closed. And Krishna says, it's okay, I've heard you, now come here, let's come closer, and let's just talk. First of all, you're not the body. They are not their bodies. They are going somewhere after this. This is what the body is. It is temporary. It goes through changes. It is not you. This is what the soul is. It is eternal, full of knowledge, blissful, ever-existent, primeval. It is not slain where the body is slain. So it's like, oh, right. So I can go somewhere after this. Yes. Oh, okay. This is not it. This... I only live once, no? Okay, great, fantastic. Now what do I do to keep reminding myself every day? We read literature like this, we understand, yep, I'm present, I'm unchangeable, I'm unbreakable, although seemingly I take on the impression of being in a material body, but that is not me ultimately. So the more we hear and understand, the more we hear directly from Krishna, not some concocted, thing of visualize and just just be and you'll manifest your reality it's just you know when there's no philosophy behind something it's just sentimental i saw a clip the other day of i think it was oprah and she was talking about how you have to transcend you just got to transcend through the barriers and what she was saying sounded great but it was highly sentimental because there was no philosophy behind, like, what do you mean transcend? How do you transcend? Go above. You, you can't meet, the term she used was, you can't meet negative with negative. Like, okay. You can't meet negative energy with negative energy. You have to transcend. Okay, but how do you do that, though? Is it something that you just create, or how do you transcend? So there has to be a system in place, tried and tested, that you're able to transcend your consciousness and see beyond the material issues, the material complexities, material solutions. Because we cannot solve the material world problems with material solutions. We have to transcend with transcendental knowledge and transcendental activities. And the transcendental knowledge we have in these books and the activities we have are fueled by this knowledge, based on this knowledge, not based on what I think, because we are highly defective. The material body is defective. You could say we're on a total recall all the time. Yeah, recall, oh, the mind's going bust. Oh, the vision's going bust, recall, bring it back, bring the body back. That's what a hospital is. You're going on a recall because something's not working. Your eyes are not working, or there you go to an institution, your mind's a bit... Mm. So that's the material body. It's like being on a total recall all the time. Because it is, it is bound to make mistakes, it's bound to break and not work properly. Default, system update, recall, update, restart, reboot. We have to do these things all the time to the material body because there's always something going on with it. Whether it's the vision, you know, we have imperfect senses, we make mistakes, we cheat. That's just what the material body is. So, in order for us to Transcend, as this verse says, you know, the goal is really not to enjoy highly uh, using different elements or sitting in first-class paces. Our goal is to be with the Lord and serving in our true original position as His servants. And by doing that, we'll be anxiety-free will be living in our full scope, Sachit Ananda. I will stop here, and I will ask if there's any comments or questions.
of course, Sylvia. Hi, Krishna. You said that we can't blame anyone for this boy that we have got because of our, it's come from our past. Um, past births. So Mataji, like when some when we give pain to someone, we get stressed about it. Is that because of our past life activities, or is it because of our attachment towards them? When we hurt someone, is it because of our past activities or or attachment? Well, there's the material body that we have, as I mentioned, that's a result of our previous material desires. But in the present, now we can control that because now we can act in knowledge and act in understanding. So we can always assess, right now in this moment, you've been coming to Bhagavatam class since you were this tiny or that tiny. So you've accumulated a lot of knowledge, the right type of knowledge. So when you are in knowledge and um, we interact with others, we know within what is right and what is not right. Because we have read and we have heard, we have listened. So in the present moment when we act, that is something that we have control of, of now. What happened in the past, we have, there's nothing we can do. We're in this moment now, in the present, we can change that. So that is just based off of our, our own mind, our own interactions with the material energy and that person. So that's what, in the present, that's what we work on, getting better and seeing others as Krishna's property. You know, sometimes it is very difficult, especially if they're not conversant with who Krishna is or who they are. It's difficult sometimes to see them as Krishna's property, but every living being is, is part and parcel of Krishna. So when we interact with them, we can teach ourselves this is Krishna's property, this is Krishna's property. And then hopefully we can change or improve in the way we interact with them and hopefully not hurt them intentionally. Does that make sense? Thank you. Yes, Prabhu. Uh, Radhe Radhe. Hare Krishna. Uh, I wanted to ask you like, uh, uh, is our body is bound by our soul or our soul is bound by our body? How does it work? Bound in what, in what way? Like if a soul enters a particular body, mm -hmm. so is it always bound like uh, it's always going to be the same body or the different ones different. every time? Different bodies based on your different desires. I was reflecting on it the other day and I was thinking, I was looking, I was like, why, why did I want this? <laughs> right? Right now, in the, sometimes I think, oh, why couldn't I have straight hair? So I'm already planting seeds, potentially, if I don't do well in this life, I'm planting seeds of having straight hair. Right, so you're not only accustomed to one type of body, you can take on different types of bodies. So you could, what was your name? Oh, Ajay. Ajay. You could be Ajay for the next 80 years, and then next time you could be Shilpa. Or next time you can be Simone and speak French. So it's all based on your desires and how you fulfill and live your life in, in this moment. So you can think of it of, you know, when I say, or when the Bhagavad Gita says that our current life is a resultant of our accumulated material desires. When you are young at school, attentive, did your work, worked hard, you get a certain type of result. Your brother, same opportunities, did his own thing, it leads to a different result. So in different lives it is like that, whatever you're giving attention to will give you a different type of result. Did you have another question? No. No? Yeah. So, we don't want to just get a different type of body next time. We want to be in our original home. That is our permanent fixture. We're there eternally. So hearing and chanting and doing some service, it will help us realize that.
Thank you, Ajay. Any other question? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Ki Jai. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.